Fuck you, Bungie. They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. But the bye-bye-bye-bye. But the bye-bye-bye-bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Bye-bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. Hey. All right. How are you, David Hellas? Um, I'm great, actually. Friday, Friday afternoon. In fact, I don't know why we've ended up recording lots of podcasts on Friday afternoons, but I mean, I'm normally in a good mood most of the time, but Friday afternoon, I know. can't get better than that. You, I mean, you must be, you must be hungover or something, because it, it's not Friday afternoon, it's Friday morning. <laughs> Friday morning, it's been a long morning. Um, I'm... How long have you been up? Have you gone to bed? <laughs> I did wake up really early, I don't know why. Um... It has. I wouldn't say I'm hungover. In fact, I I was texting my friend Kitty this morning, saying, gloating, saying I don't feel hungover. <laughs> is that is that the norm? My God, I've woken up and I'm not hungover for once. This is incredible. I've not felt this in such a long time. We went to this. Um, I was I was just catching up. So my my friend Kitty. Have you met Kitty before? Uh. I've met someone called Kitty. I don't know if That'll it's your be... Kitty. It must okay. be. It's not. That's not a very common. Is that her Irish, real name? Or is Irish fun. Brilliant. Yes. Well, yes, I have met her. Yeah. yeah. And just, just to clarify, she wasn't drinking because she's uh, she's due in about three three weeks, uh, a baby. So just to, just is to that, clarify. Is that not allowed? <laughs> well, I, I mean, to me, I think it should be because they always worry about the, 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 the development of a child. But you're three weeks away. He's pretty much there, isn't he? Pretty much there, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what else I mean, is what's it, what, else, what, what difference is it going to be between yeah, there and three weeks? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're just talking we're just a percentage. It's just, just a finger or something like that at that point, isn't yeah. it? That could go wrong. And it's good to be different. <laughs> um, I'd just like to point out that uh, please don't take any medical or uh, maternity <laughs> advice from this podcast. If you, if you have accidentally tuned into Bad Boy Running uh, expecting some pregnancy uh, help, uh, this, this is not the forum for that. Just because it's likely we've had we've fathered lots of babies doesn't mean that we know about babies. Yeah, Is that I, just, fair? I, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. You're kind of speaking for yourself there. Um, <laughs> I, I, I tie you with that yeah, brush. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I oh, don't. You sort of throw me there. Let's think. Do I know a lot about babies? I probably. What I've had to know about babies, I've had to learn. I think that there is a maternal instinct that gives you an insight and knowledge into babies that gets passed down through uh, through generations and through genes. So you naturally have to do it. Everything you do as a father is about learning how to how to interact with babies because it. And I think that's from an evolutionary point of view um, because I think that's different. Um, but yeah, I, I don't say up till now, everything I've done is now. about avoiding babies, <laughs> avoiding your babies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I move house so often. <laughs> That's why I don't take a paycheck because it'd just be straight out the door. <laughs> I can't. What's it called? What's it called? The the payments that you make that they they now they can take straight out of your uh, your wage. 
Baby Daddy Tax. Baby Daddy Tax. That's yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, we were out in this. Um, I can't remember the name. This Japanese barbecue restaurant, and it was great because they had a happy hour price on the menu. Yeah. Um, that's it, cheaper and a different color, and happy hour. It's until seven o'clock, and then it's from nine o'clock. So we realised at about five to nine that suddenly all the drinks are going to be happy hour in five minutes' time. So um, what? we just started ordering random sake and things. So basically, happy hour is pretty much every hour apart from two hours between seven <laughs> and nine. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and that, I thought they banned that. I thought they kept talking about banning happy hours. I suppose that's. Well, maybe this is their way yeah, around it. That's the way around it. We have not not happy hours. It's just expensive hours. hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's just normal and then expensive hours. <laughs> but yeah, we. They've, I've got to love the Japanese. They've got some weird. They had this can of sake that was um, jelly fizzy party sake, and it was as good as it sounds. Jelly, it fizzy, insane. jelly fizzy party sake sounds like a band. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> That'd be a great band. But um, well, welcome to the the Bad Boy Running podcast, listener. Uh, the podcast all about running, as you yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> as you already know, which we talked about childbirth, sake, drinking. Uh, yeah. So, uh, how is your running going? How is what are you training for? What are yeah? What are you training for? You haven't got anything, have you? That yeah. I'm. In fact, people. It's. I think. Do you get this? Do you get asked that? As you know, end of the year, do people say, you know, what's next? What are you planning? What do, do people just assume that because you're who you are, you've always got to have something big on the horizon? Yeah, everyone just says, what's everyone always asks me, what are you doing next? Everyone, uh, everyone that doesn't realize that I'm not doing anything apart from 5Ks at the moment, ask me <laughs> what you're doing next. Um, and then people who do know I'm doing 5Ks are just assuming that I'm not doing the 5Ks. <laughs> People who know you, realize, <laughs> know me, never, never they, they never ask if I'm what I'm, my training is. No one ever asks about what my training is. They always ask about. So, what are you going to try and wing next? You're always not preparing for something. <laughs> always not preparing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm not preparing for big events. Sometimes I'm not preparing for smaller events. But there's always a consistent not pre- non-preparation involved in there. But yeah, we've been. Um, we've uh, Claire and I have been. Uh, promising um, offering championing various things for next year and it keeps on changing so we we set we set up a facebook group saying hey guys you want to go and do the boston marathon together come and join us and then got loads of people involved and like yeah this would be great you've got to qualify and then we just thought actually <laughs> so, yeah, we can't be asked because because it's not that we don't like boston boston's amazing i've been i think three times i think it's more that we're like well we're young and we're fun and we can do Boston when we're in our 60s and should be in our 40s um, or 50s. And you know, we can do it then and take the family and it'll be a nice family thing to do. But actually going all the way out to America just to run Boston when we've done the East Coast, or I have certainly, I've done lots of it. Do, we, do I really want to go and spend another two weeks in America? No, not really. I probably want to do the West Coast if I go. So that was off the cards. Then we were like, well, maybe we'll do the, the OM in Japan at the same time as the Rugby World Cup. We could tie them in together. That would be epic. 
that's kind of just fallen away. Then we're like, we'll go to Kazakhstan and do the Red Bull 400. <laughs> and that was big on our list because we just thought Kazakhstan has got to be, well, different, cool, wacky, random. But they haven't put a date out. I don't know what's going to happen. So at the moment, we've got Danny Bentz mentioned potentially doing a, I won't say the word, a, a kind of race that you wouldn't approve of in Pakistan. Um we're thinking of doing an, an ultra. Um, do you know Ultra X? No. Do you know Sam Hewitt, who uh, was my tent mate at the Marathon Sabla? No. I don't know if you met actually. Lovely guy. They've posh they do... boy. Posh boy. Gosh, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. We, yeah, we didn't have it. We didn't have a token. Uh, what's it called? Middle to working class person in our tent. It was all posh boys. <laughs> The only the only reason there'd be a non posh person at Marathon Sabla is if they're army, and then <laughs> not officer. Posh, so, no, not officer. Not officer. <laughs> yeah, not officer. Yeah. But um, he he's behind the Wadi Rum Ultra in Jordan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've they've taken that format, and the the idea is to create race series around the world of the same format. And I think I think it's a really good idea because you do the Marathon Sabla, and you, there's not because I, well, we both thought it was an amazing experience, but you don't suddenly think that was great. I want to do another one. What one is there? That, that nothing leaps out of you, out at you as this is what you do next. Whereas actually, they're doing the equivalent of the MDS, but they're they're massively reducing the price of it. And um, the ones they've got in the offing next year, Sri Lanka, what do you run again? And then Mexico, oh, nice. Sri Lanka. I think it'd be a great one. Yeah, and that's the thing. You, I think you want to go to somewhere, somewhere, well, di- yeah, exactly, somewhere different, and so because yeah. the, the thing about that is that I, I know when people think about um, like MDS, they think, yeah. oh, we're just going to be running in like the sand the whole time. So if you, if you've not done it before, actually, but the terrain is massively varied. Yeah. But if you if you move something like a multi day race where you're doing what 150 miles over over a few days. Um, it gives you like the opportunity to see so many different landscapes, especially on an island. Um, so many different landscapes uh, and experience things in so many different ways, which I, well, I think like things like jungle ultras and stuff, are, you know, multi ultras are good as well. Um, that I, I don't understand why people don't do it more. I really don't. And so that's, it's such a good idea. Like someone like Sri Lanka would be amazing. Um, yeah, completely. And, and actually, I mean, just talking to Ali, she's imminently off to do namibia with rat race then she's off to panama and you know she's done this this uh crowd sourcing for kit because just by changing location it is a completely different race and if you yeah. think about your preparation for marathon de sable the training for the jungle ultra and for the marathon de sable would probably be pretty similar other yeah. than maybe heat chamber might be different you might do a humidity thing but the, your kit totally and different what you prepare so different even the food because you've got to think about in the wet you've got to think about yeah. in the heat you've got to everything got about venom, it is so different venom pump for um the desert um uh jaguar spray for uh jaguar. the jungle no lynx lynx spray <laughs> will lynx actually <laughs> repel lynx or does it attract lynx it does it attract <laughs> <laughs> So we're, I'm thinking potentially Mexico next year for that. Um, but, oh, have I mentioned the World Championships I'm going to quite soon? No. What World Championships? 
So, well, you've, got little, you've got a little grin on your face here. Are these the official <laughs> world championships? Go on. <laughs> so, um, the World Snowshoeing Championships what? is the first weekend um, of January. And um, so, Briggsy and I are taking a motley crew. Uh, the, the people you'd expect to see their sweetheart who's been on the podcast before. Um, I think Danny Bent might be coming to join us. Um, some names you may have heard who are more party people like Sam Hawes, Lee Butler, um, Port Pie. And um, the good thing is about it, I mean, for one, it, it doesn't seem to take itself too seriously. It's, it, to enter it is 33 euros, including snowshoe hire. What's, so what, uh, what, what I love about that, imagine if... You turned up for a marathon, but you didn't have the footwear and you yeah. hired it just before the marathon. So you're yeah. saying that no one's training in these snowshoes before the event. That's Clearly brilliant. no one knows. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that in itself is that that to me says it's going to be welcoming. But also there is no British association. There's no British delegation. So we are the British snowshoeing team, officially. You can do an OCR thing here. Just make up your own association and be (laughs) in charge. And we get to decide Team GB race kit. And there's an opening ceremony that we walk in as Team GB in obviously official Team GB opening ceremony. (laughs) So what is the Have you had a thought about what the official kit is going to be? We don't know yet. I mean, we're open to suggestions. Pot, uh, no, do batters. What, what do you think? Because part of me is just going to, um, it's just thinking we'll go on, um, like AliExpress or Wish and just order the cheapest, nastiest, tackiest British flag clothing. A bit like, um, a bit like Chris Lamwall for the, uh, the beer lovers where he was just unbelievable union jacked up. Um, that's quite a good phrase. Union jacked up. Union jacked up. So British, are union jacked up. That's what we're going to need after Brexit. It's going to be our part. We're going to get. I need to get jacked up, but union yeah, need to jacked get union up. Jack- that is a, that's got to make the A to Z. Union jacked up. I like it. But um, yeah. So that while I I'm not really training for that because God knows how you train for a snow I don't even know what it looks like a snowshoe and but they're like the um, tennis rackets aren't they tennis rackets on your feet yeah I guess so yeah so um well there's the prep there's the prep done (laughs) good luck (laughs) sick (laughs) so um I I mean I'm not trained for that but that other than cross-country metley usual stuff that's the the new event on the horizon which I mean, I, I've no idea if it's the type of event that everyone there, like snow, uh, if it's going to be like bog snorkeling where everyone just turns up for a laugh or whether there are some really good people. But I'm hoping as a vet that I might be able to you know, do well in the vets category if there is one. In the vets category. Amazing. If there is one. I like that. If, if there's a category, <laughs> don't know anything about this, let's turn up, get some snowshoes and see how we go. And if not, I'm claiming it. I'm making my own trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it. So, do you have any idea of what the events are? I th- um, five. I can't remember if it's five miles or five k, which to me seems quite a lot because I think it's going to be hard. Yeah. Oh but, yeah, I can imagine it's going to be hard. Yeah, but either way, I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be one of those. Can you take? Can you turn a Jamaican sprinter? 
into a bobsleigh. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good documentary on it. Can you take an ultramarathon runner, turn him into a world snowshoe championship? Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that there's going to be some nations there who are deadly serious about it. <laughs> and then uh, here we come, first year. Oi, oi! That's gonna be. That's gonna be that's our, our, um, our call. That's a call. Oi, oi! Oi, oi, Savaloy! <laughs> we should walk in with Savaloys instead of a flag, Savaloys. Just walk in with cat with the, with tinnies. Oi, oi! Here we go. <laughs> Snowshoe. We don't care. The good thing is, if it's if it's really fun, and because it, I mean, it's pretty, it's not cheap weekend, but it's not costly. We we could go back as do batters and represent every country that doesn't exist, because they're not going to check our passports, are they? So, I mean, if you want to be the Kenyan snowshoeing team, I like the idea that do batters will get banned, and we'll have to do what Russia did, where we compete as an international athlete from <laughs> from the Dubada community or something like that. Because I'm, I'm telling you now, if um, if Dubadas come next year, um, you know, they're going to have to apply to the British Association to be officially recognised. And I'm not sure, I can't guarantee well, that. No, what we'll, get... do, what we'll do is we'll just, we'll just pin ourselves to a cup. We'll say we're, we're representing Rwanda or something like that. <laughs> you know, they don't have a choice. Like, no one's from Rwanda is going to turn up, are they? So, yeah, we're... With the Rwandan delegation, we'll then rep- we'll then apply to the Rwandan Olympic Committee for uh, <laughs> <laughs> funding for the sport. <laughs> they've got they've got too much money. Yeah, exactly. I know they're flush with cash. I reckon the Qataris would probably fund it. Qataris, yeah. It is, weird. it is weird. Whenever you say that, it, they do sound like alien species when you say Qataris. What about the Faroe Islands? Faroese. The Faroese. The fairies. Fairies, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I want blood on our hands, though, with that. You mentioned... Okay, wait a minute. You mentioned um, mm. the, a race in Pakistan that you wouldn't like. So it's either um, an animal slaughtering Faroese-style <laughs> event where you have to basically kill a goat every mile or something like that. It's like whack-a-mole. Or, or, <laughs> like whack-a-mole. or it's a triathlon-style event. Actually, it's not it's both, is both. it? Yeah, it's both. <laughs> you basically run cycle with a machete, and you have to kill every every animal en route. Every indigenous animal that's that's threatened. Um, yeah, it's a it's a triathlon that I don't know any details. All I know is I got a WhatsApp from Danny Bent saying, "Do you want to do a triathlon in Pakistan?" I'm like, yeah, of course. And he goes, and then he just said, "Sorted." I'm with them now. It's sorted. And he's not told me anything since. I've seen him since. He's still not mentioned anything else about when it is, what it is, how it works. Do you think? Do you think he just that's how he that's how he tests ideas? He goes, I'm just going to ask a hundred people whether they want to do that, and if 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 you know if like twenty five people say yes, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He, just, he, see, he seeds all these ideas, and eventually, someone if anyone ever comes back, goes, you know that Pakistan idea? Goes, yeah, five people have come back to me about the Pakistan idea. We're doing it now. <laughs> Yeah, he sells it on Kickstarter before anything exists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I figure if, if that goes ahead and whenever, wherever it is, um, that'd be pretty cool. And I'd just turn up and wing it because I'd love to be able to just, and hopefully it's at least a half Ironman distance. Love it if it's an Ironman difference, cause, distance because I'd love to be able to say, yeah, did no training. It's, it was fine. That would be, that would be the best thing to do. 
but by, imagine that, how... but by that by that time you may have actually um lost the bet and you may have to do an iron man anyway that's that could be a double that's true and but imagine how if, you, if i turned up to a iron man to do it that style imagine the speed diff because i'd be so bad at the swim i mean it would it would be potentially life-threatening swim um so bad at the bike imagine the speed of the people compared to me who i get out of the bike section with running because they're going to be on like 16 minute miles surely so yeah. it'll be the best marathon of my life because you're the, you're never going to catch up to anyone quick you're going to be flying through people the whole way yeah no no i think i think that's exactly it um i don't i don't know anything about iron man i don't know like times or anything i have no idea how long all the all the bits take um or, or what difference it would make so so yeah but you would be like that i mean if you are if you're like a decent marathon runner then if you're a decent marathon runner you wouldn't be doing triathlon in the first place so yeah. it, that that happening is it would be like quite a rare sight. It would be pretty good to see. Yeah, I mean, if if I if I'm the top, I no, no, no. So I say it it would it will be a pretty good <laughs> thing to see. <laughs> From what I recall, I think the top Ironmen at the end of the swim and the bike will knock out kind of two thirty somethings. Um, for it might be a bit quicker now, but like when I read Iron War the book, I think they were doing two thirty somethings. So I mean, it's quick given they, what they've done. Um, but if given that I'm hoping I'd be I'd be so bad at the swim, I'm hoping it, it wouldn't really take anything out of me. It'd be just more floating and hoping that the tide. <laughs> <laughs> just hoping the tide is going to pull me in and everything. <laughs> yeah, just wait. Just, wait, just hope. Just like lash onto the back of someone's foot and hopefully. No, <laughs> because it's like, it almost looks like, I don't know if you've ever seen like any of the David Attenborough uh, things. Like when, I don't know, it was those, they were like dolphins, like freshwater dolphins that used to swim in synchronization and push um, fish on onto land so that they oh, yeah, die and then right. eat them. See that? And I would imagine you could use something very similar if you could just get ahead of all the all the rest <laughs> of the swimmers. <laughs> you just get bundled along. Just fly sideways. Yeah, like sideways. <laughs> <laughs> and they just push you, push you to the end. Just do the waddling thing of the the <laughs> yeah, dolphin. That would yeah. be great. Uh, do you know what I thought you were going to say then? Because you you still you. Well, the, for the do badders, they've they've probably not heard this as much. It's been off uh, off microphone, but you, you keep on referring to the the Faroe Islands and the um, and the killing of all the whales. I thought you were going to suggest starting and like a, a Faroe Islands Iron Man, getting them to swim into that bay, <laughs> and then getting all the Faroe to just slaughter all these Iron Men who are these athletes. <laughs> in the method they use for finding whales <laughs> oh i love how we laugh at murder <laughs> yeah <laughs> but if they're an iron man are they a person that's the question is g law a person because yeah. people we wouldn't condone punching a real person would we he's not a person he's a law no he, he is a law and we fight the law and the law very rarely wins that, that's true that's true but um i believe you you wanted to talk about another podcast you'd been listening to i did want to talk about another podcast actually i've, I've been teasing it for so long and i thought oh we just need to get it out now i just need to get it out <laughs> and it's um 
That's what I do on my dates. <laughs> oh my god! So that's what I did on my dates. I'm not dating. In <laughs> fact, that reminds me of something we'll, we'll pick up after this. Um, it's um, a podcast called How I Built This, um, yeah. and uh, so I listen to a lot of them, and it's all about um, startup businesses and businesses that you know. It's just really interesting. You can you, it, it, they cover so many different people, you know, things like LinkedIn and stuff like that, and how they built it from the ground up, and it's normally with the founder. Um, and it sort of dives into it about all the problems they had along the way. And so I was listening to one um, uh, with Gary Erickson, uh, the founder of Cliff Bar. And it's really, anyway, and we're like big fans of Cliff Bar. Um, and it, it was all really interesting about, you know, how he came up with the idea, how, yeah. you know, he, he spoke to his mum about the recipe and he came up with things. And there were just two brilliant bits in it. And, you know, one of the things was this is, this is so hard to comprehend. So at one point, like, so Cliff Bar, an independent company, at one point, yeah. They were going to sell out to uh, uh, Quaker, Quaker Oats. Oh, um, yeah, okay. yeah. And they, they basically, they set this up for this purchase and they were going to pay them millions and millions of pounds. Yeah. And uh, literally the morning of, of this, this thing, this, and I have so much respect for this guy, um, the morning of it, he decided to take a walk around the block. And as he was walking around the block, like just you know, before they had the big meeting where everything was signed over, he thought, this isn't right. I, I don't want to do this. And, and he you came get cut back. up by a Quaker or something? Then, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he just all of a sudden <laughs> thought, I don't like porridge. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he came back and he said, I'm really sorry, the deal's off. And I, I mean, like, it was, it, it, this was like a massive, massive deal. Yeah. And, and it put, and you know, when you get to, when you, when you get, when you sell a company of that size to another company, there's, there's all these costs associated with those yeah, legal costs. Really and, legal, yeah. and they were like in like tens and tens of millions of debt as a result of this thing, just to do what was the right thing. And so it, that was incredible in itself. And the way he tells it is brilliant, but that's not the best story. The best story is, um, about his dad. So yeah. Cliff Barr's named because it's named after his dad, Cliff. Yeah. And he reveals in it, that, you know, his dad's obviously retired now and everything. His dad drives around the United States, like, uh, you know, a weekend. He drives to different towns and goes into different um, uh, stockists they know that they've got some, uh, they sell Cliff Bars. He yeah. goes and introduces himself as the person who Cliff Bar, you know, who's, he's named after <laughs> Cliff Bar. <laughs> and then just, spends, then just spends hours in there talking to them and stuff like that. Is that so you can get free bars? <laughs> well, I don't does his son not give him any? I don't know, but I just love the idea of just going, just having that conversation and going, hi, you know these cliff bars? They're named after me. <laughs> I mean, what, what just a legend. do it. What do a it. legend. What do you mean do I it? Think, just do it. What do you mean just do it? Go into a runner's knees and and just say, hey. Hey, Gator, I'm Cliff. Named after me. I'm Gator. <laughs> I'm the Gator. <laughs> I'm the Gator. <laughs> I'm the Gator they helped with this drink. S, S-I-S, that's me. I'm, I'm Sis. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm someone sis. I'm, I'm Jody, it could work. But I just love the idea that his dad's just, he, he's got, you know, all this wealth and everything, everything else, <laughs> but his dad just, you know, just drives around, drives around the country, just going, lonely. I, I'm Cliff. <laughs> sounds, he sounds a bit lonely. <laughs> that oh, that's really sad. It's a good, but it's a good marketing ploy. You should do that with Caffeine Bullet. Well, I mean, as soon as someone sells Caffeine Bullet, I walk in and go, Hey, <laughs> that's why I'm still in my lounge because it's the only place that sells it. 
no. That's not a streaming team, but close enough. Close no, enough. no. Okay, man. Well, so what, would you, what did you want to tell me? So I, I got quite a unexpected email uh, last week. Okay. From Tinder. Oh, okay. And um, it, I, I don't know when I last had Tinder on my phone. It would have been... Last week. Last week. <laughs> oh, you got to be careful here. The, well, I'm trying to think how long after Claire and I got together that I deleted it. Probably a month, I'd say. I um, left that a whole month. Nice, nice. Yeah, just, just. Well, you never know. You just you know. have to, you know, you just have to tie off a few loose ends. You exactly. Know? <laughs> I, you know, there were some people I had to let them down gently. Very gently. Uh, but I got an email saying that my account is about to be deleted. Oh, okay. And that I need to um, like re-log in, or else all of the data will be scrubbed. And sure, I that's, just, sure, that's a good thing. I mean, it's, given the Me Too movement, it probably it probably <laughs> is. Oh my probably god! Bit, Did you actually good. just say that? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but part of me thinks that it sh- this should be saved. I mean, this is gold dust. This this could transform people's lives. There's there's young teenagers out there who who are going to miss out on the wisdom and the t- the teachings they could learn from access to that Tinder account. So part of me is thinking, do I get on... Do so you turn download, into a book? Turn, turn into a book. <laughs> or, a yeah. co- or an online course. An online, exactly, exactly. It's where the money is. Oh my God, I love the idea that you, you do a dating course. Of course, you know that I, I, I've written for dating products before. What are dating products? As so, in like rehypnol and... <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, like courses about how to like teach guys to, to speak to women, you know, uh, going from the general how to speak to women how, and to much more, um, shall we say, uh, the kind of stuff that I wouldn't want to work on anymore because it's absolutely disgusting type stuff. Oh, like, like the game... That type of stuff. It, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a lot of it's kind of like pickup artist stuff. I did like one thing, at, like in the pickup artist thing, and, I, and then I, I never finished it because it was it was horrible. Um, but essentially, it all comes back to men being too scared to talk to women. Um, but yeah. yeah, but all that all that type of stuff. But but yeah, I like the idea that you, that you you have a dating product because you know you you've got a successful relationship and everywhere. You've Absolutely. Got a, you've got a lot of experience, and so yeah, David Hellard teaches teaches relationships. All the way through, all the way to the moment of beauty. <laughs> <laughs> marriage, you're talking about. Marriage, 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 that's what you're talking about. Marriage. I hope. Thank God exactly. for that. Thank God for that. Our next guest, actually, um, talking about people who are entertaining and uh, like to, to blag things. This man is do badder to the core without realizing it. So, some of you posted in the Facebook group a, about a uni lad story where lost a bet. And because of that, had to run a marathon. And in do badder bravado, literally did zero training and then took on the marathon. I thought it would be a really good opportunity for us to remind ourselves of what it's like to run your first marathon. And for those listeners who haven't run a marathon before, shows you what you can do on zero training. So hopefully we'll remove your fear of taking part in one because you know it can be done on zero training. So welcome to the podcast, Ian McNamara. So our next guest was 
um, someone came into the Facebook group and said, you've got to interview Ian. We've, we've had quite a few episodes in a row where we've been talking to ultra runners and it's got a bit heavy and a bit serious. So we thought, actually, Ian would be a fantastic guest because he, he underwent something that I'm sure he would feel was an ultra run, but um, it was not quite. He had a bet, lost a bet, ran a marathon on zero training. It was picked up by a uni lad, and the story is fantastic. So we thought to get him on to talk it, talk to us about it, and to almost remind ourselves what it is like to do the first marathon. So welcome on the show, Ian McNamara. Hey, thanks so much Hi. for having me. Really, um, oh, very pleasure. surprising response from a uh, really international community. Um, and a bit surprising that Unilad picked up the story. I'll kind of never forget getting that message saying that people might be interested in it. And I kind of thinking, what the hell are you talking going on about? <laughs> um, but really kind of a funny thing, you know, I'm in a, a fantasy football league. I don't know if it's popular in the UK, but we've you got know, equivalent ones. Yeah. Soccer ones. Yeah. Americans kind of go nuts about it. And, you know, I've, I've just a group of friends of mine I grew up with and we're, we're in this group and uh, we always have some terrible punishment. I mean, uh, last year somebody had to do stand up comedy who has crippling stage fright. <laughs> it was like way worse than you can ever imagine. They were sweating for months beforehand, you know. Um, that was just a crippling, grueling endeavor. And not just, again, it's not just the punishment. It's the buildup, the anticipation that goes behind it. Um, and it's, just, it's the best set at the start of the season, or is it once you know who's... You have to set it before the start of the season. So... That's that's an incentive to set your goddamn lineup and <laughs> focus uh, into what's going on. And um, I remember uh, the guy who lost that year at, at, was kind of going on about, hey, man, I wish there was some some pool of players you could kind of choose from throughout the season. We're kind of like, don't you mean the waiver wire? You know that this is that's like a crucial integral part of the you know fantasy football. But <laughs> so sure enough, you know it comes down to you know end of the season. You know somebody's you know you know, two and, you know, 14 or whatever. It's got a two and uh, 13 and it comes down to about four players. And then we yeah. have, a playoff, and it's kind of, you know, breaks down the last one. And it comes down to me and uh, a good friend of ours. And, uh, you know, I start Frank Gore and I set, set him in my line at every game, the entire season. He gets about six points, six points, six points. Says, He's going to get more points this week. I swear. And uh, sure enough, he just get, he doesn't post anything. And, the joke is, I have to run a marathon now because of Frank Gore. Um, <laughs> I have no idea who Frank Gore is, by the man, way. Is he, is he good? Is he bad? Is he, uh, is he quick? Is he slow? <laughs> it's kind of a, not kind of a, not a uh, flashy player at all, but just kind of a workhorse, you know? So yeah. sure enough. But again, that, that season ends about December, uh, fantasy football. And then keep in mind, that's just like, you know, months of, you know, constant harassment it starts very playful like i said in the article people are kind of like you're gonna die like <laughs> i'm i'm years out of college i i played i played soccer in college but i was a goalkeeper i i never run more than like 18 yards <laughs> you know and uh really like the the concept of running to me is just so foreign when when people said um ian that's a lot of running i i don't think you're taking this seriously enough and i i would always just almost to get them, to goat them or like to spin them up. I'd always kind of just, Oh, I'll be fine. It's t I'll be, it's okay. You know, and almost to kind of spin them up. And they always, did insist. you think coming into it then that you could just turn up and, and uh, run? Yeah. 
Initially, yes. That was my first uh, reaction. But as the, as the months progressed, my my resolve and my uh, confidence in myself, you know, very quickly evaporated. Because I, <laughs> friends of mine who were in med school, who I hadn't talked to in years and had heard about this, would call me and say, Ian, are you, how, how's your preparation going? How's your dieting? How's your... How's your uh, training going? And I, I kept looking down. I, it was like it'd be like a Sunday morning, and I, I'd open my eyes. It's three three p.m. and I'm hungover and sick from like eating wings the night before or whatever. I'm kind of going, well, training's going, you know, fine. And they'd insist. They'd send YouTube videos. What happens to your body during a marathon? You know, <laughs> people would ask, like, you know, about all these questions I never even considered. You know. And uh, I slowly and surely started getting more uh, scared about it, um, but never really deviated from my almost obstinate and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, frustrating persona of I am, you know, I am all that is man and I can do this. And, and they're kind of saying, no, you, come on, you got to be more, uh, take it more seriously. So doing their protestations were actually probably ensuring that you weren't going to train oh yeah no and it came like i said in the article it became a kind of a source of pride it kind of said like well you know i, I would work out but i never ran I, I you know do more strength training you know and frankly um you know you lot did underplay the whole training i didn't train other than you know i'd uh I'd, I'd work out in ways that would kind of prevent my body from breaking down you know that you can't replicate the kind of pounding of running you know just the, the wear and tear in your body unless you actually run and i i never did run um <laughs> but in my mind in my like idiot rat brain i thought no i'll just i'll just work out so my muscles are and my legs and my hamstrings and calves and they're just all in working order so when i do go through that and, and people always be really annoyed they'd always go Ian, how many miles have you run? Have you, have you run a lot of miles? And I, I'd always kind of say, you idiot, that's not until the day of the race. You know? <laughs> what were you doing then? Was it cycling or weights? No, or? Cy no cardio whatsoever. It was just, it was, uh, you know, I'd, uh, you know, uh, do lunges and I'd do like, uh, <laughs> like squat, you know, like, you know, squats, you know, like, you know, with a barbell and, um, you know, uh, inclined stuff, but like nothing, nothing that would get my heart pumping. Yeah. Uh, so in a way you were, you would make yourself heavier so that when you ran, that's one way of saying it. I, I, I was somewhat getting heavier and not to mention, not like I changed my diet at all. You know, uh, my biggest food group, like I think was cheese, you know, and I, I think that like, you know, um, I remember, as, as it started coming down to it, I, uh, I was about the, a week before or so, and I was like, I'm going to go for a run, just kind of, kind of, you know, a long run. I mean, obviously I had, you know, I played, I still played soccer. I was, you know, again, goalkeeper, so I didn't do a lot. So I was active. I consider myself kind of, in my, my opinion, somewhat in shape. Uh, well, I was the most in shape, you know, pear shaped person you'd, you'd find. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I would just kind of, I would, I went out for a kind of a longer run. I just, you know, I need to go around a loop. It's about four miles and I'll never forget it. But I said this energy when you start running, it's kind of like this, uh, you know, invincibility feeling like yeah. I'm, you know, I'm out here doing it. You're kind of, uh, 
and the crisp air, feet to pavement. But I'm, I'll never forget. I'm kind of listening to this, uh, you know, this fitness running tracker, and it, and I'm really starting to huff and puff, and it just said it says in my ear, you know, one mile, uh, and you know, it's like pace, you know, whatever it was, eleven forty, and I'm kind of going one mile, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's when I was really panicked about it. Um, so how how soon before the marathon was that run? About a, a little more than a week. I think, <laughs> I only did that. I only did that because one of my childhood friends, you know, came over um, and he said, Ian, you got to go on a run. You have to. Like, I, we won't tell any, like, we won't, like, we, we have to. I'm very concerned about your health and safety and well being. All right, fine, all right. So he actually ran with me and he's a runner. And, uh, and uh, so we, he actually, I you know, thank him for making me do that. But all it really did was, uh, put into reality that this running wasn't going to be so you could will your way through it, as I uh, originally thought. What, what was his reaction afterwards then, when he when he saw you it's having struggled through laughing. four miles? It was mostly laughing, like you <laughs> moron. Like this is this is this is everything that you're you're come up. In. I mean, this is a come up in. Like this is after all that talk, you know, you're finally going to get that downfall, you know. Um, Are you someone that you think your friends want to see punished? Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, I, I, if I'm being honest, I mostly welcome it on myself. You know? <laughs> I kind of walk around with a swagger. It's undeserved. It's just it's very <laughs> effrontary and unbecoming. And people just kind of root for my failure generally. <laughs> you know, and just kind of um, you know, <laughs> hope that I'm in some sort of immense pain. Uh, just, just generally through life. So I kind of was uh, fueling that fire. Um, but and I, would, would you say you talked up your chances as well before that run? Oh, sure. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I never once said I'm not going to finish in my mind though. Uh, I said, I'm probably at best going to get about halfway and die. Uh, now running a half a marathon without training, I always thought, eh, it's pretty reputable. If I get halfway, um, I think people will, you know, tip their hat to me, but you know, whatever, but it, it, oh, so it you'd actually, you'd, you mentally thought I might not make this and that's oh, fine. Sure. A hundred percent. And when it happened, when I, when I remember it was December and they said, I'm running a marathon. I was like, Oh, fuck, who, a million people. <laughs> did. I remember, I remember seeing, you know, EOC kind of, you know, 55 year old, you know, runs marathon. So I, just, you know, you see these heroic stories and that's what they are. You're so inundated with this material that, you know, 55 year old runs marathon after like, you know, two knee replacements or whatever. And you kind of, you kind of just think that's standard, you know, but really it's, it's, it is a heroic story, a legendary tale of just perseverance and grit and, you know, ironclad, uh, resolve. But I, uh, right before I'll never forget it. Cause we always make an event of this punishment, you know, last, last year, like I said, we rented out a bar had the mic on stage, packed that fucking bar. Has <laughs> that been filmed? Uh, no, it wasn't filmed, unfortunately. I, I mean, it was, but it was kind of, it was, it was kind of from uh, a cell phone. We do have footage of it, but it was hysterical, hysterical. And uh, um, so we always make a big event of it. And then the next day we have some big blowout. We, we it's the, the manual of pig roast, you know, it's kind of a, a tradition, a yearly tradition. And, uh, I'll get to it in a sec, but like, you know, so we rent this party bus 
pack it with girls and you know, our, our guys, <laughs> our fantasy football league. We call it Ivies, our Ivies guys. Um, we pack it to the brim. Everybody's drinking wild, going nuts. The night before, I was just, you know, I was, um, I had some beers I, the, that day. I had some wings, you know, <laughs> I had some pancakes. <laughs> like, like, mostly doing it as like an act, kind of like, look, I mean, wings, favorite marathon. There's something you guys should Google it. Um, you guys won't believe it if you see it, but uh, you should look up Skyline Chili, Cincinnati Chili, and uh, that is my pre-marathon fuel. Skyline um, Chili. Listeners, it, you know, Google it now, Skyline Chili. Yeah, it's, quick. Uh, you, know, you should really kind of see it's uh, you know spaghetti and chili and cheese stacked to the ceiling. I I'd say I think that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'd say the opposite. He's got a cheese wig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you, you, that was the, if it, it can rank what the food you don't want to eat before a marathon, I think that ranks at the top. So if you're, if you're at home listeners without the ability to Google, it kind of looks like Donald Trump on a plate. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, probably a similar level of uh, fair, fat as well. Fair assessment. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, and I will say this because I wanted to get, know your guys' point of view. Um, I think what ended up and I, I'll get I'll get it saved me was uh, my a trainer that I work with in town uh, for you know strength training. Uh, he obviously thought it was hysterical. Why? What are you doing, you moron? Uh, he gave me salt tablets and he said take all of these salt tablets over this course of this twenty four hour period. So every hour I would take a salt tablet, drink a bottle of water, you know whatever. So I always suspect that that really – I don't know what your guys' opinion on that. That kind of helped me. I have never heard of that. You've never before. heard? No. You've heard it Whoa. Okay. That's really interesting. <laughs> I, I'm not sure that. Oh, well, maybe. But, yeah, I, I just – I loaded my body with – Are you sure? Before, before, before the race. Yeah. Before the race. 24 hours before the race. 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. 24 hours or so. <laughs> I've never heard of that either. Never heard Is he a sweaty guy? Fascinating. That's it. Um, yeah, is he is he quite a sweaty guy? I yes, definitely. And I, he was yeah 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 definitely. Okay. Um, but I I uh, yeah but I I say what, what I'll never forget because we, we loaded us with party bus. I had prepared this this you know monologue almost that you know, <laughs> that almost kind of welcome you know, the hatred that I talk about. But <laughs> uh, the uh, I kind of said uh, if I remember correctly something along the lines of you know. In 1980, a group of ragtag college kids were able to knock off the best hockey team in the world, the Miracle on Ice. And Ten years later, a, a 37-1 underdog, James Buster Douglas, knocked out an undefeated, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. In the year 2000, uh, a young upstart golfer in the name of Tiger Woods won three majors in a calendar year. And nothing has been equaled since that moment. <laughs> Today, a man who is not trained at all will run a, a marathon in its entirety. Were you having uh, to break during the speech to take extra salt tablets as well? Sure, yeah. Well, I was sweating profusely, <laughs> as you can imagine, from the salt overload. What I love, what I love is you've put more preparation into that monologue than you did, <laughs> than you did into the marathon. That's, That's amazing. <laughs> exponentially, exponentially. <laughs> but um, I kind of, yeah, I, uh, but right before the race, I kind of said, uh, I kind of posted this in my uh, Facebook post as well, but I said, you know, we have, we have we had a we've had a you know had a famous president John F. Kennedy, and he said famously, we don't do things because they are easy, uh, we do things because uh, 
we lost our fantasy football league. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what, what, what I love is that you've put your effort into all the bits that matter. <laughs> Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely love it. In America, the only, the only thing people love more than a hero is a villain and the fall. So, I mean, that was really, I was kind of really fueling that fire, that flame of just this, this almost, um, this hatred that just kind of energizes you. It's kind of, uh, <laughs> It was a little, of you, a little bit of you the night before thinking, if I go really hard tonight, there's a chance I might just oversleep and I'll wake up and the math would have happened. <laughs> but here's what you guys should know. And it's only evident. I don't, you saw the picture of, of some of the races, but it was a night marathon. So it actually started at 6 p.m. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. So uh, luckily, I had all day to fuck around and make bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Starting gun. So uh, that, that it was about forty minutes north of uh, north of Cincinnati, a place called Hamilton, Ohio. Ran the Hamilton Nightclub, and I'll never forget. I got up there and just kind of passed the time and kick away kind of anxieties. I asked him, just pulling up the list here. I asked the, the people I was with how far they think I'd get, and, and these are people that honestly know me and they know how much training <laughs> I put into it. And they're you know friends of mine that you know. I said, okay, let's all jo- jokes aside. Let's just, just give it to me straight. You know, I'm literally I'm looking at the starting line. I'm like, is there any kind of bit of energy you guys are going to afford me and just kind of get me through? And I'll just read the, the list here. Uh, a friend of mine who lost last year did the same comedy. He said four miles. <laughs> uh, my very good friend of mine uh, from a college said six miles. Uh, another said nine miles, 11 miles. So not uh, even halfway for the majority no, of them. No, absolutely not. No, ten miles. Uh, and then the 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 second high, the highest, sixteen point six miles. And the only reason they said that was that they know I'm a I'm a guy that kind of is ambitious and you know strong willed, thick headed, whatever you describe it. Um, uh, and they said I'd get to that sixteen point six and kind of go, how can I have ten miles left? So. You know, that's by far the <laughs> sickest guess that they just said, no, you're absolutely going to say, get to 16 and say, there's no way I'm going to make it 10 more miles. And then my childhood friend, uh, who I mentioned before, who made me do that run, he said, no, he's going to finish it. So out of everybody that was on that bus, only one person said, you know, I think you're going to finish it. So what if they were on the bus then they've come out, I assume they were then, were they boozing on yes, the course? Heavily, heavily, heavily yeah. And it's funny, they'd all, they, I'd see them, I know you kind of see sometimes in the videos, um, you know, they'd be on the, a street corner, I'd be running, and they'd, over, and they'd all be drunk, hammered, and they'd kind of come over and like, give me a big slap on the ass, and my, my hamstring would like, you know, seize up, and, you know, but, um, but yeah, it's funny, because I, I kind of said in the article, it, it was, it was certainly palpable, the change of heart. I kind of thought it was more inspirational. Maybe it was just the booze or the alcohol. But <laughs> it, it was definitely real, this feeling of, you know, each time I saw them, they kind of said, hey, hey he's, get, he, he's getting farther. It's becoming more real. He can, he can do it if he just keeps going, you know. And so they, uh, the heckling and the jeering, maybe the first time I saw them, they kind of were yelling like, you know, only, only 25 more miles to go. Or, <laughs> you know, 
they all had headphones in. They're like, you know, what do you listen to? Harry Potter book on tape, and you know, <laughs> just, just various th- various uh, jeers and and um, you know heckles. But by the third lap, they kind of said, hey, you you only got you know six miles to go. Finish it. Keep going. All that oh, so stuff. It was so there's a lap. How many laps and how many miles a lap is it then? Four. So four. I lap. think that probably helped you as well. I'd imagine, with um support. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, I didn't think so. And you know, it was funny. I listened, I, you know, I just, I, I just kind of listened to the music and I, um, I just kind of put the music in, kind of turn off my brain. And I'm not exaggerating, you know, first lap, there was always about every two miles, some, some, some c- catastrophic, uh, debilitating injury that will all of a sudden start creeping in, like, you know, <laughs> running and all of a sudden my, my cat, my left calf would just, I go, Oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> like my cat beyond repair and i would just kind of go through and um, take, take take us back to the start and talk us through oh, sure, yeah, right? sure. the yeah, actual race like physically how you were feeling how your body was how you emotionally and then and kind of also what you expect to get each point to, to really give us a oh, taste sure. of yeah sorry for jumping around now the funny thing is what may have started off as kind of like a very disheartening uh series of comments it's the uh that kind of uh, delineation of how far we'd get in this marathon. Uh, it really was what kept me going because what, what right when that starting gun went, and this is a this is a marathon. It's a Boston Marathon qualifier. You, you know, there are some serious runners there. Um, uh, I just said, you know, what's the first guy? TJ said I was going to get four miles. I just want to beat TJ. I'm going to get four miles, and that's all I'm going to focus on right now. Kind of tunnel vision to that four miles. Not to say that's a long way for me. I mean, I said the longest I'd run is about three miles, and that was like three years ago, and it was in a college fitness test. And without exaggeration, I was probably the second to last to finish, and the second my foot hit the finish line, I projectilely vomited. Um, <laughs> so I, it wasn't like the easiest thing in the world. So I knew that that was probably the farthest I'd ever run in one continuous uh, jaunt. And uh, uh, I just focused on getting that four. And surprisingly it must have been the salt tablets i i was still going <laughs> I, I, I hit that four mile mark and i said hey who's next on the list and uh you know six miles i can get to six from four that's that's no problem you know running um next hit that six and it was you know i think eight or nine i said that's only it's only two miles from here i, I can and i started you know almost with this running the whole way at this stage Oh yes, I was. I was. I hadn't stopped yet. I was. I was still going. I was still motoring. Um, anytime I started, like I said, there was some pain. All of a sudden, I'd feel my, uh, you know, my uh, um, right ankle, kind of like Achilles, start to seize up. I go, oh man, it's over. I'd almost just turn the music up louder and just kind of just. Keep going. <laughs> but um, you know, I hit the first lap, and I was about six miles. And I said, I'm. I'm still flying. I'm flying. I got about 11, you know, I kept going, knocking off these, these, these benchmarks. And I, I got to about 11 miles and I, of continuous running. And I, I just, I, I, I eased up cause I felt, um, um, my body was kind of hitting a, a kind of a, a recharge. Like if I kept going, I would, I would be gassed. I would you know, blow a gasket. So I just kind of eased up for a little bit. I went about my, 11 miles with just continuous running. Then I just sort of walked it out a bit. Um, the sun started setting. You know, that was a little bit concerning. I was seeing less people on my route. So I either, either was going so fast that nobody was near me or I was <laughs> slow that I finished the race. 
I, it, it, I'll leave it up to you to make you know the correct as, uh, assertion, but on that. But I, uh, I, um, I remember right when I hit the second lap. So I finished the second lap. That's when the, the dread really set in. I uh, before I got to that start that that second lap be- that start, um, I felt like I need a cheeseburger. I, I'm like I became <laughs> rabid. Like I just I need something. I wanted to devour a a small deer or something. <laughs> um, and I never had that feeling. This kind of extreme, kind of famished, like a like carnal feeling of just hunger. And so I I uh, grabbed two bananas and just ate the, inhaled the bananas. And that was like a boost I'd never had before. It was like the second I ate the bananas, I, I had this, this boost of energy. <laughs> I, I hit about the lowest dread of the entire race once I began lap three. Because um, I would keep going, listen to the music, same repeat of like my top 25 songs. I have no control over it. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my guys are getting drunker and drunker. I see them on the, that same corner there. It's almost like it gives me the, the boost I need to kind of get, you know, out of the gate there. And, uh, I'll uh, never forget it. Cause there's somebody running in front of me and, um, you know, these guys are so heartless and cruel just to give you a sense. These jerks, uh, they're running with kind of an old, older guy. And uh, one of them kind of said to this guy, you know, Hey, Hey, quit. You can't finish this race or something, you know? Um, and you know, about a hundred yards later, you know, peels off quits you know so i mean no yeah they were heckling him as well oh yeah oh yeah very heartbreaking i'll I'll never forget that and uh like just you know you're on the last lap come on you know and 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 i know that in this this drama may not have gotten through in the article but there's a time limit okay there's a time limit and i have to complete it by midnight or i'm disqualified um and so on the last lap it's pitch black you know, there's, there's a part of the race where you kind of, you turn right, you, it, you turn right and you run about a mile and then you just turn around and you run a mile back. So you kind of pass a mile stretch and it's the last lap. And I, I turn around and you, and I actually was passing these, these just trudging zombies, you know, life barely in their eyes. And it was so heartbreaking, really just, uh, a surreal moment. I'm, I know. I'm, I say they're not going to finish this. They're not going to finish. They're not. You're, you're overtaking them, are you? Or they were behind you? They were behind me. Like I said, because yeah. I'm passing that same stretch. So I'm, I'm seeing these, these poor and weary souls that mm. they've just run, you know, twenty, twenty uh, three miles or so, and they're not going to finish, and they're absolutely not going to finish. Um, so that kind of galvanized me to so I like I don't want to, I don't want to do this whole, this whole nightmare and and not make it. Um, because there's two things I want to say about that. One, I always thought, um, you know, while I was running about two laps in, wouldn't it be funny if I actually won? Wouldn't it be funny if I just crossed the finish line? I, I, I ran this marathon. My brother was getting married the next two weeks or so. Like, wouldn't it be much better if I was at that wedding, like a champion, somebody who like defied? <laughs> and, you know, when you're running, it's like you kind of start hallucinating almost in a way. Like I kept like picturing that a friend of mine that wasn't able to make it was going to be at the finish line there, like surprise me, you know, like all these crazy <laughs> airbrained ideas. Like it's like you, you're alone out there and it just, it, all, all these ideas kind of creep into your mind. And, and it comes back to, you know, people always go, Ian, how, how, how are you preparing? I say, you know, it's not the 26 miles that's hard. It's the point two that gets you, you know, <laughs> and uh, cause it's 26.2 miles. And, and uh, uh, it actually came down, 
to the last stretch, the last, you know, straight away to about, you know, two miles or so. And I was walking, I was walking, I was drenched in sweat and my phone buzzed. I couldn't even like use my phone because the phone was soaked, my hands are soaked, couldn't even like operate the phone. And it was a friend of mine saying, if you have to drag yourself across the finish line, do it. You know, because all, all the friends that were following me and all the friends that were following the, my guys, it was kind of inspiring. This, oh, like how far is he going to get? <laughs> you know, people are texting. What, how, what's their status? What, how far is he? You know, while people are taking an interest in this, you know. And um, I started on the final stretch and uh, this flashlight just shined on my face. You know, it's a cop kind of parked down uh, by this river. And he kind of says, hey, you got – you got 20 minutes to finish the race or we're going to stop you. And that was like such a blow to me. Was that just, two miles left? Yeah. Two miles left in, in 20 minutes. And after running, yeah. you know, 24 miles, that was like a death sentence to me. And I remember thinking, I can't believe this, like a poetic justice, like coming to get this <laughs> feeling, just saying it will be that point two that gets me, you know, it will be that point two that, that, that is the end of me. And, I just remember uh, I didn't have anything left in the tank. My my, uh, it, I was more of a a lumbering shuffle by by now. My my shoes were kind of ground into a fine powder, um, and I just remember kind of just uh, moving my legs as fast as I could. You know, just uh, this is all I got. It's the last. This is a burner. I got. I'm not gonna be stopped. I'm I'm gonna get that medal. I'm gonna f I'm gonna cross that finish line, and I just started running, and it's all up a gradual upslope. And I'll never forget it because I turned that last corner and I could see the board. There's a big, you know, timer. And it says, um, it says 558.40 or so. And I'll never forget it because I could see it and I run it. I said, in a six-hour race, I came within a minute and a half of being disqualified. So after all that, so it really, in hindsight, I, it couldn't have been timed any closer and I'll never forget because I, 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 I saw the finish line. All my idiot friends were there, hammered, and they were kind of running alongside me. And there was this kid, you know, he's, he's literally <laughs> standing on at the finish line, and he's holding a medal there. You know, he's holding a medal right out front. And I just remember running right at that medal, which is good because if it would have hit the time, he would have just dropped the medal into the sewer or something. So I really had to – I could see him holding it there, and I just – I went right at it. And the picture, you know, I kind of posted a Reddit uh, that got some traction. It was, you know, you can see – I have the medal. I have the medal in hand. You know, it's in my right hand. And that's when the, the those guys, those friends of mine are just kind of like in, it's like, ah, it's like, you can't believe that I had done that, uh, that feat. Um, uh, I mean, to this day, they're still like, I, I don't, because they were there, you know, I didn't, I don't know who had it worse, me running for six hours or them who waited for me in Hamilton, Ohio for six hours, you know, <laughs> that's, that's still quite good. Booze session, six hours on the pints. Sure. Now, that's a booze marathon in its own right. Um, so but, how do you feel now about – about? I mean when you look back on it, it yeah, was it an enjoyable experience? Was it something you'd surprisingly, repeat? Surprisingly, yes. I was, I was shocked with, with how uh, this kind of runner's high that I kind of you – know, people talk about and heard about. You kind of get this feeling of, I don't want to say invincibility or like it's kind of like this kind of rush you get and um, – I, uh, I did feel that. And about lap, you know, in some, in like lap two, I remember thinking to myself, I could do this again. You know, you're looking around, you're seeing, a, you know, even rural Ohio to me was like, ah, oh, it's pretty nice running by a river. You know, you're kind of taken in. 
it's and it's also you're taking yourself to a place you've never been if you've never run a marathon before. But you're kind of you're pushing yourself. You're taking yourself out of your comfort zone. You're 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 really pressing the envelope, pushing you to your your a limit that you didn't know you had. Um, but I'll, I, I will say this though, you know, crossing that finish line, uh, you know, and then the the days after. I mean, good God, I, for me to not foresee the the sorry state of affairs that my you know, my body would be in. I mean, I. <laughs> I, had, I, had to, I had to basically be, I could make it to the bus, the bus, the party bus. And, uh, you know, I have, I, fin- I chug a beer, you know, um, and I kind of was sitting there and what we, the 30 minute drive to Cincinnati, I can't move off the bus. I can't, I can't get off the bus. You know, I, two of my friends have to just basically pick me up and you know, my, the bottoms of my feet are hurt. So even when I put my feet on the ground, it's just searing pain. You know, my, my, my hamstrings, like everything you can imagine, my hip flexors, my groin, like, um, you know, I basically had to be carried and, and tucked into bed, you know. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, it was 2 a.m. still, just writhing in pain, just couldn't sleep. I remember having to go to the bathroom, and there's a bathroom in my bedroom, and I couldn't sit up because my, my, my hip flexors were all shot and fucked. And I couldn't you know, open my leg because my groin was all fucked. So I basically had to rock back and forth, and I, I had to uh, pee into a water bottle because <laughs> I couldn't stand up. You know, I couldn't like move three feet to the bathroom. Did you uh, have any lasting injuries at all then? No, absolutely. It's, that's what's odd. I had no lingering effects. I mean, the next day was very sad because it was our that big pig roast that we I mentioned earlier, big party like. A hundred people over. We have crazy things going on, and you know, I'm just kind of like hobbling around this party. You know, just more or less floating face down in a pool for six hours, drinking uh, in excess. Um, but um, no, that was an exception. You know, that's three days, four days. By the fifth day, it's like I was I was mobile, but no lingering side effects um, to speak of now. It's not like I'm nursing like Achilles or something like that. And have you run since? Uh, I have run, but I'm not exaggerating. For about two weeks, I gained like 15 pounds because I just uh, all it was eat. I couldn't move. I couldn't exercise. I work. <laughs> I couldn't work out. Uh, it's really probably bad. water retention with all that salt. <laughs> I'd imagine. Salt. <laughs> so I still think the salt is a day saver there. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like you've almost. I love the fact that um, the bravado was rewarded. That that is that is the best part of this entire story. The fact is, you just you you stuck with your guns and you made sure that you didn't give in to the training, and then oh, you were sure. and then you were vindicated. <laughs> I mean, there's just nothing. There's nothing. But. but it's that point at which you're 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 vilified. They take the piss out of you until it yeah. gets to that point where all of a sudden you become a hero for all ages. And that <laughs> that right. point of transformation on the run must have just must have just been incredible. And oh, as a result of this, you've invented an entirely new method of training: the squats yeah. and salt technique, oh, which I don't <laughs> think any I don't think anyone else. I've ever heard of has ever just used some resistance training and yeah. taking salt <laughs> to that in that degree as a as a method of preparation. It got me through. It did. Yeah. It's incredible. And so so next year, say I'm, I'm sure it'll be a different bet, but say Fantasy League again decided it's going to be a marathon again. 
say you lose, would you deploy the same training technique? Oh, well, surely, I don't. I don't think I would do the same training. That's a good question because <laughs> I, I actually thought the same thing, and I said, you know, there was some rumbling about making a marathon again. I was like, guys, you, you don't know, what, you don't know what that's like. You know, it's really, I mean, it's, I mean, even when the, we were deciding that that was the punishment, the irony of it all, and I, I can't believe I haven't mentioned this already, was. Every single person in the league was saying, that's way too hard of a punishment. Let's do something else. <laughs> I said, no. And they're like, well, look, can we just compromise and do like a half marathon? And I was the only person saying, we're doing a whole fucking marathon. <laughs> like, and so it was like such a <laughs> Especially you kind of mentioned about this kind of bravado and the doubling down. And it, it basically started before it was even the punishment. I mean, it's, I was the champion of the marathon. Like – you, you you fucking losers you like cowards you're not gonna like of course we're doing the full marathon you know um, well, no, you but, but normally, to it. normally when we when we do that on the podcast and we set up challenges it's all bravado but it normally ends in pitiful failure that you have is, to is you right? have to you have to live with for weeks and months afterwards it doesn't oh, it, no, it never really ends in success well, it's, I can't, that's, that's funny to hear. Cause I actually, I, <laughs> of course I knew that I knew basically in my heart of hearts that I was going to fail, but you know, how pitiful and sad is a story about a guy saying, I'm going to fail ooh, 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 and then running and failing miserably. I, so I just kind of went another direction with it, make an event of it, make a spectacle of it, make people root against you, you know, add, make some, uh, add some energy to it. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, the fact that I had actually finished it, Finished the marathon never creeped into my mind. I mean, uh, but I mean, you said it best. It, it became kind of a story, and you know, the fact that, like I said, Unilad picked up the story. I just, you know, what articles are published there? I mean, my brother texted me about four days later, and he goes, "Hey, Ian, your your article's doing better than the the girl with two vaginas." <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so basically, I was like, um, "Well, at least at least my like." 15 minutes of fame is for something kind of a, you know, funny little prideful story. But. Well, we can, we can ask the, the listeners then, as do, do batters for the suggestion for next year's punishment. If you're open to some offers. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah but, um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, we're definitely open to offers. We always are, are scrambling to, to come up with a punishment. I mean, right now, I mean, right now it's kind of in, in this kind of odd state, the punishment right now, as it stands, because we like to choose before the season starts. It's already, it's already kind of well into the season is right now it's a, a paintball firing squad, you know, all, uh, you know, seven of the others will just have like a full hopper of paintballs and the, and then, then the third, the loser will be you know forced to run and then everybody just unloads paintballs at them in just kind of like underwear or something. Um, and then after that, so after everybody's empty, you kind of get stuck in a, if, you know, what these are stockades, you kind of put your head and hands through <laughs> stockades at a party. So you, all your bruises and wounds from the paintballs are visible. Um, but you know, people are, all, are kind of partying around you and, you know, throwing videos <laughs> and out pouring alcohol over you. But yeah, we're, I mean, we're obviously open to, uh, uh, ideas, you know, but. We obviously do our fair research. I was just thinking that the your the attitude that you took to your first marathon, it's almost as though you've skipped all the steps of becoming like an ultra runner because that kind of what happens like later on when you become like a seasoned like ultra runner or it's his marathon. You go, oh, I'm not going to bother with training with this one. Oh, it's just a marathon. Oh, I, I, I can 
I'll have I'll have some cough sweets and and run it on that. And you've kind you've kind of skipped to that already and 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 succeeded very well. So it's almost as though you you're you found a way of accelerating to get to a point where where you're a seasoned seasoned ultra runner. That's that's what you should try next. I'm thinking about putting that on my resume. Um, <laughs> and are you tempted to? train properly and attempt a marathon to see how that feels and, and how it's different or are you quite content I'm just with, with... I'm, I'm open with that I'm open to that and like you said if I were to get slammed with doing a marathon again I would most certainly try to do it the right way just for the sake of experience um I uh uh I just feel like you know it it's a shot to my self-esteem when you're running literally I think I was the last possible person to finish that marathon um uh because i was passed by virtually everybody in in the field and i remember the first mile i was an idiot because i was i was trying to keep up with this pack because in my mind i was like well these people are all trained and finished i'll try to keep up with them and that didn't last very long uh and i was i kind of got overcooked in the first mile and a half or two miles but it made me think once I hit that runner's high and I, I was kind of in my mind, it was more realistic that I would finish. Um, I, uh, I would do it the right way next time. It's just funny that I'm 26 and I, I ran the 26. I just kind of funny how that worked out, but I, uh, <laughs> I never thought I'd well, do that. Well, if you're free, um, and you fancy an excursion, I think it's the 10th of June. We're all going on mass to the beer lovers marathon in Liège, which is the best marathon on earth. 16 plus beers on the course and um mandatory fancy dress fantastic so that could be a nice step up without necessarily having to do something quite as straight as like a, a new york or a chicago marathon sure. um i'll try to beat my time at six hours you might not we've i've never broken six six hours at that marathon <laughs> i don't think you've so. ever broken seven have you no that's true <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think we've ever finished ahead of the bat markers. But um, yeah, that's part of the, the glory of it. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing your experience. If you've got yeah. any, if you've got any wisdom that you'd share that you'd, you've learnt um, for anyone out there who hasn't done a marathon yet, who's tempted. Uh, yeah, one bit of wisdom is you know I, I always kind of got me through it. I said you know look for any excuse, look for any and all excuses to quit and keep going anyway. You know, basically that's what I did. Uh, and I was running for the right cause. I joke and I, jo I joke about him, but I really was running for those friends of mine. Um, I know I finished that marathon because if, if I do that punishment and I complete it, it puts that much pressure on the next person next year to complete the punishment. Um, you know, I love those friends of mine that were actually there supporting me. Uh, and that's my wisdom. Uh, run for a cause, even if it's just, you know, you don't have to run for a lost one, a, um, a lost loved one. You don't have to run for a disease, but just, you know, find someone, someone worth running for. And I, those are my guys. Keep moving your feet. But that is a really great experience that I'll, I'll cherish forever. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Ian. Um, as I've mentioned, we'll, we'll ask the do batters what their thoughts are on potential punishments for yeah. the, the next league season. I, I, I'm going to throw in there. I think whoever loses should have to dress up as a submissive gimp and go to a sex dungeon and not be allowed to say the word no throughout their time there. That's just that's the first first idea off the bat. Who knows? It might get better or worse than that. We'll, uh, we'll let you know and see how it pans out. Uh, really, thanks for having me on and uh, taking an interest in the story. Our oh, pleasure. Great. To Thanks for coming on in.
All the best. best Bye. Oh. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> that was... No, do you know what? Why, now listening to that, does that sound inspiring? Why does why that make me, Why does it make me want to want to go and run a marathon? It's weird. Why why does stuff do that? It's so weird. I do love the idea of a lap course where all your mates are boozing around you. I think that's just a great setup for any marathon. It is, but it is so true. It's so true that whole thing of like everyone not wanting you to do it, and then when it becomes a reality, all of a sudden the the atmosphere changes. And then everyone's sort of like pushing you on. That is, that's yeah. great. That's great. It must have When disbelief turns into, yeah, proper belief. Yeah, that must have been really nice actually to have suddenly, especially because they are your friends as well. And you're probably hating them for two thirds of the math and thinking, <laughs> bastards, I can't believe you're doing this. You're treating me like this. So to then suddenly get the support from them probably really picks you up and also restores your faith in your friendship. I don't know what the salt thing was. What was that? <laughs> no, the, the only... salt thing. <laughs> the, only, the only time I've ever been in a situation where I might have taken salt on a regular basis was at, was at the MDS, where they give you the salt tablets. <laughs> 50 degrees 50 degree heat, yeah. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, and that's not in advance either. I mean, I think that there's a, a tiny bit to be said if you're in a very hot conditions that it does allow you to absorb water you might be super, super saturated but i don't think it'd be more than just drinking lots of water i just um, I, lo- I love the idea that he's done a, he's gone and done a race he's done it within six hours which is which is great on a night marathon which i think slightly harder um because you know all, all the obstacles that go with that and is beating people who have trained for it <laughs> it's, not, it's not a great advert for training yeah and especially those people will have heard about the story afterwards yeah and then their friends would have known that they were the people <laughs> that didn't finish when when ian did i mean that would be the ultimate humiliation <laughs> <laughs> oh fair play well we um there must be some do batters out there who've got similar stories let us know because i mean i i think my record is three weeks before a, a marathon started doing my first there, run yeah but, but that's bit, still dramatically different isn't it but there's there's wing in it and there's wing in it there's wing in it on people turning up with like no real idea of of what they're doing and, and fundamentally misunderstanding what the race is and then there's comprehending what the race is and pointedly refusing <laughs> to train because it it undermines everything that goes with it yeah basically sticking two fingers up at the race yeah and uh yeah and still pulling it off yeah absolutely fair play it's a it's a, it's a story for all time i love the fact that he he, he came up with those speeches as well <laughs> so good at coming up with speeches it's you can even imagine him delivering it as well have you seen the the tv show the league no it's very funny it's um very it sounds very much like their situation it's all about a fantasy football league, and I think they have bets at the end if you lose. Uh, I think it's quite, it's relatively common for people to have challenges along those lines. But, um, yeah, speech is fantastic. It reminds me of Bob Med, actually. Their, their fantasy football league have had similar things, and 
his brothers had to go to i think he had to go to the first pub he found in hull and drink eight pints of beer there um film it all the first pub he got found in hull yeah that is an awful awful proposition have you ever been to hull i thankfully i don't think i have no it's frightening yeah i mean that's the thing especially (laughs) as the if you're sure if you go to king's cross the pub next to king's cross train station is probably quite nice yeah but i mean the worse the town the worse the pub is next to the train station and it's always called the railway and it's always rough as hell yeah. so yeah he, he went in and um and had to order and drink eight pints of beer um well, so at least it cost him eight quid or something that was the that was the benefit of course doing it in hull yeah that's true actually it's a cheap <laughs> night out uh, well that could be maybe a proposition for ian they have to go to scranton or <laughs> somewhere similar in the states uh somewhere west virginia maybe like uh charlestown or huntington and do the equivalent there but uh well can you yeah. with, your, with your knowledge of uh down and out uh american towns Absolutely. Well, I used to live in West Virginia. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, what would be the worst one? Um, Flint, Michigan. That's oh, where Flint. Michigan. Yeah, that would be awful. Yeah, that, that's where all the documentaries are about at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, oh, we should. I was, I was almost tempted to drop in the idea of the Iron Man tattoo, but I'm not sure if they quite get it, get the context. Yeah. But it'd be good. It's always a good challenge for anyone. Well. Um, do better. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you've done anything similar and let us know if you've got any suggestions for the forfeits that they'll have to do next time, um, whoever loses their fantasy league football team. But uh, yeah, it's quite a fun one. Bit of a different tone to the uh, to the ultra ones, yeah. ultra episodes we've been having recently. I love, I, love, I love the fact that he couldn't say anything about training. So <laughs> it was just all about <laughs> the race experience. Yeah, and he wasn't even like he took any nutrition on the course with him either. He literally just turned up and did it. I mean, the good thing is it it actually, it shows you, you know, people do get so nervous about marathons. And, you know, you turn up to the the marathon expo and everyone is, you, you hear all these horror stories. But actually, you know, most people can do a marathon if they need to. It's going to hurt. It's going to take a long time, but, you know, it shows it's possible. Yeah. Although I just, if I were you, listener, I would check out skylinechili.com and have a look at this thing that he ate because I, it doesn't even look like real food. Oh, it looks disgusting. <laughs> it looks just, I, I, I don't know if I, that portion looks massive. And if that's what you ate beforehand, it'd be one of the things that Real Buzz should include in the top 10 things not to eat <laughs> before a marathon. And the five of them are on this menu. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's broccoli creeping in beneath that cheese somewhere. <laughs> but I don't even know what a chilito is. It's like a chili burrito. Oh, oh it must be. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I've just got a whole menu. So a whole screen filled with uh cheese on various things <laughs> no idea which one the real one is um i think only americans have the ability to really make something a heart attack on a plate That's it succeeded there. well um if you've if you've enjoyed listening to that podcast and you haven't listened to us before some other ones similar vein colin mccourt gotta talk about him um two episodes one before one after where he took on a bet he had to run a sub 
16-minute 5K, and if he didn't manage it within the year, he was going to have to get 17 tattoos on his body. If he did, he'd get 1,700 pounds. So uh, that's a good one to listen to. Any others you suggest, Jody? Maybe Eddie running your first oh, marathon. Yeah, that's, Eddie. that's one of our that's one of our most popular episodes. Yeah, producer Eddie um, runs his first marathon, um, both uh, both in the build up to it as well, and also having done it because uh, and it was Bournemouth marathon, I think. Um, mm. And there's lots lots of tips in there which accidentally poured forth from our mouths um, that people <laughs> suggested were useful. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's another one that um, that'll be quite useful if you've if you've not run your, uh, a marathon before. And if you're inspired by this and you think you, I've done a marathon, I want to up it. You've also got episodes where Jody runs a hundred miles. Jody runs a hundred miles. Yeah, uh, several exactly. different ones. It it depends what state of mind you are with different ones of those. Whereas Jody runs a hundred miles happy version, and Jody runs a hundred <laughs> miles depressed version. So <laughs> just be really careful which one it is that you listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely take the first one if you can. <laughs> well. Um, love another another great podcast thanks for listening if um if you have enjoyed it please leave us a rating on itunes you can subscribe to us wherever you are and uh, if you want to get involved do come into the bad boy running group um ian was recommended to us in that group we will go out and research track down get stalk, on stalk stalk very much stalk <laughs> Bully, people you think cajole absolutely in fact the majority of our guests now are people that are recommended to us or requested so if there's anyone out there you're, you're dying to hear from or even a subject or a, a race or if you've got questions do let us know and we'll go out and we'll set that up for you um but also if you find anything in the in the media that you think is interesting funny do batterish then do post it there's a whole community waiting for you i don't think i can add anything to that man good uh, well, another good episode I'll see you next week. See you later, man. Cheers, buddy. Bye bye. 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 Bye b